Grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially those of you who are visiting with us this morning. We're so glad that you're with us and that you've braved what to us is a wild storm in California. <clears throat> There's a friendship pad on each one of the pews near the center aisle, a black folder. And we'd love to have you take it and fill it out and let us know that you're here with us today, whether you're a regular or whether you're visiting. You'll see the announcements that are in the bulletin. Today, after the service over in the dry in Tankersley Hall, there is a bake sale for our students who are going to Molokai for a mission trip uh, during spring break are selling baked goods, and they're wonderful. And you can get over there without even getting in the rain if you go through that door. It's covered all the way. I lear finally learned the secret after all these years. Also, after the second service, we will be having an information meeting for those of you who might be interested in learning sacred story prayer. It is going to be an eight-week class for people who might want to learn this form of prayer. You'll hear more about it later in the service. And it, there'll be a meeting afterwards to decide time and day and that sort of thing and to ask questions about it if you'd like to do that also over there. If you are going on Jerry's Israel trip, there was a meeting scheduled for tonight at 7, and he has changed that because probably by then it will be quite raining. And so we will have, have that meeting not tonight, but instead next Sunday morning right after our annual meeting, probably about 11.15 or so. Next week is our congregational meeting, and that, our annual meeting, and that will be at the 10 o'clock hour. It will be a combination worship service and business meeting. We're signing up for a women's retreat. You can do that online, or you can get a brochure over on, in Tankersley Hall this morning. And we also have a new women's Bible study that's starting this week. They are studying a book about Matthew called Seeds of Heaven. It doesn't have very much homework. It is a great read, and I'm sure you'll love it. It's a wonderful group that's been meeting together for several years, and they have a great time together and learn a lot together. And you can sign up for that over there, too. Our children are beginning something new this week. We have Club 325, an after-school homework club. They will also have a chance for some recreation and a Bible story. And that's for grades 1 to 5, and you can see how you can sign up or spread the word to others who might need that for after school. Uh, we are having a blood drive on February 1st. The Red Cross says that they are just desperate for blood. They only have half as much blood as they need because so many blood drives have been canceled because of flooding and storms throughout the U.S. So um, if you can possibly give blood, do sign up for that. Also, our church has received two awards this year in our anniversary 100th year. The Community Clinic has, uh, is awarding us Donor of the Year for 2016, and also the Chamber is, the donat donating, is uh, awarding us the Spirit of Laguna Best of 2016. That award is going to be this coming Friday night, and you can be there at 7 Degrees for that award, and you can see the information about how to RSVP through the chamber. And we have a new baby to welcome to our congregation, and she's here today. 
Liz and Cole Westenhaven, the birth of Grace Everly. She's back there. How old is she? About a week and a half? A week and a half old. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Just think what it took to get here this morning for them. Uh, let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we have gathered here this morning to worship you. We come to listen to you, to seek you, to praise you. You are the beginning of all things, the life of all things, in you we live. Loving God, you are here and everywhere, around us, within us, by your Spirit. You know our inmost thoughts, and in you we hope, in you we live. You are the source of our comfort, giving peace that is beyond our understanding. In you we learn to be still, in you we live. Bless now this time of worship, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship, which you'll find printed in your bulletin. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this. That power belongs to God, and steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. And so let us stand and praise God together. The Lord calls us, come church. Now is the time to worship. It's a time to worship, church. Come, now is a time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to
into his presence singing holy holy holy
be seated, church. As we come into your presence, oh Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes, that you would open our ears to hear your voice, that you would open our hearts to love like you. And we know what that looks like because we see you in the Gospels and we see you amongst us. And so we sing together. the call to confession. In returning and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Let us pray together. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open to us a future in which we can be changed, and grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image, through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Thank you. 
And so, Lord, in the silence. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Remember these things, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I formed you. You are my servant. O Israel, you will not be forgotten by me. I have swept away your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Hear the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'd like to introduce to you Terry Shubin, who has a word for us about sacred story prayer. Good morning. I'd like to um, tell you a little bit about my experience with sacred story prayer. When I was first introduced to sacred story prayer, I was intrigued and interested in finding something that would show me a new way to relate to God. As I read and participated in the book, I found the words were so rich and full of meaning. The concepts for creation, presence, memory, mercy, and eternity were so deep. I felt God speaking with me and searching my heart. I allowed myself to know things about me I wasn't so proud of. Yet from God, I felt no shame, only love, forgiveness, and mercy. I began to learn about, uh, learn about who I am and who I was created to be. I was given an opportunity to choose a name for God that was just my own. I was given a place to unburden my soul. The concepts of his mercy were revealed to me in a new and freeing way. I began to understand I was loved. All that to me was the easy part. The part that was hard for me came in being contemplative for 15 minutes. It was so difficult for me. I would be agitated. My mind would race. I couldn't stay focused. It was really hard. I considered quitting, but I felt I, really, I might really miss out on something, so I trudged along. Every morning and most evenings, I would go somewhere quiet and try to open my heart. I told my spiritual director about how hard it was for me, and this is what she said to me. Oh, Terry. What a gift. God must get such joy from you, knowing that it is so difficult for you, and yet you show up for 15 minutes every day and try anyway. Well, that made me cry like a baby, because I knew that what she said was true. God delighted in me. All my life, I've heard about this thing of having a personal relationship with God. I didn't know how to do that. Through this prayer, he and I are becoming friends. Thank you.
fishing and they were casting their nets into the sea when Jesus came walking by and beckoned to them saying come now and follow after me Peter and Andrew considered the happy life they had led beside the sea now Jesus was asking them to leave it behind when he said come now and follow after me now God's word. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, give us humble teachable and obedient hearts this morning, that we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded. Since we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth, make us hunger for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us this day in the ways of eternal life. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Recently, as I was sitting at lunch with a pastor friend of mine, he asked me if I could think of any surreal moments in my ministry. As we sat there, there was one especially that came to my mind. It was one of those moments a few years before the event. If you had just set me there just for a second and allowed me to open up my eyes 
take it in for a second, and then close them again, I would have said to myself, how, what, and where? It would have been the moment when I was standing at home plate at Riddle Field in North Laguna. I was holding a Bible in my hand, and I was looking out, and there were several hundred people standing in the infield, people standing in the outfield, many that I knew through Laguna Beach and through Little League. I knew many of those people had never been to a church before, and yet they were listening so intently as I was reading from the Bible. So intently you could hear a pin drop. And so now you're asking, how, why, and what? Well, a friend of mine had asked if I would do a memorial for his father at that baseball field. It was a place where they had spent a lot of time together. He had spent time with his dad and his entire family. His dad had coached every single one of his Little League teams, along with his brother's teams. It was a special place. And so as I sat with that family the week before the ceremony, they insisted that the Word of God would be central to the celebration of life. Now, pastors, we are well aware that in this kind of setting, it can be really challenging, can't it? It can be very difficult to bring the focus back to Jesus Christ and His resurrection. And so as I sat there in my study during that week, I thought, how do I open this ceremony? Well, of course, I had to use a scene from my favorite movie, my favorite baseball movie, The Field of Dreams. So that was in there. And then I thought and I prayed, and it came to me. It came to me how I could find spiritual common ground with all the folks out there. I decided to use the first line from the Little League Pledge. Do you know what the first line is to the Little League Pledge? I trust in God. I trust in God. So as I stood there that afternoon at home plate, I said, so many of us have heard this pledge, and I read the pledge, and some of us have even spoken this over and over again as a coach or as a player. And then I asked, have you ever paused for a moment and asked yourself what it means to trust in God? And then I read from the Gospel of John, from chapter 14, the words of Jesus, and it was at that moment as I read that you could hear a pin drop. Surreal is an understatement. After the ceremony, while I was standing in line for dinner over by the playground, they had this big table of barbecued ribs and barbecued chicken, and by that point I was really hungry, so I was moving up in line, and this man came over and tapped me on the shoulder a very well-dressed man. I later learned that he was an investment banker in Los Angeles. He asked if I would get out of the line for a moment, but I'm going to lose my place here. <laughs> Us pastors get hungry too, you know. So I stepped out of line, and we talked for a while. He said that as he was listening to the Bible being read, and he heard the words of Jesus, he felt that God was speaking to him. And there were two words that he said he heard from God that day, and it was this, consider Jesus. 
We talked for a while about what that might mean, and his main concern was that if he actually listened to this voice, what would happen when he went back to his business as an investment banker? We talked about that for a while. Later that evening, I was sitting at a table of a bunch of 20-year-olds, and there was a woman at the table sitting with all of her friends, and at one point in the conversation, she said, I've always wondered what my life might look like if I really believed all that, well, she didn't say stuff, (laughs) about Jesus. I looked at her friends around the table, and they gave her a very interesting look. As I walked to my car later that evening, I pondered, who would have thought by God's word that Jesus would be making his way around a baseball field, working on the hearts and minds of people with his precious word, with the age-old call, come, follow me. A surreal moment for all of us to remember was the way in which Jesus Christ worked upon your heart and your mind in a very individual manner, in a unique way. And you can remember as God was stirring up your heart and mind to consider Jesus. And I'll bet you can remember some of those areas in your life that were pushing back on you. Maybe it was your work or your friends. It could have been all of those securities that you have or your busyness in life. Think for a moment what your fishing nets might have been that were hard to drop. And as you think back, you can think through how finally you dropped those things, you dropped what you were doing, and you answered Jesus' call to follow him. It would be so interesting to hear each and every special story out here today. In Mark's gospel, we see Jesus making his way around the Sea of Galilee. He was most likely making his way around that northern shore of the sea, the place where the seven freshwater springs meet the 13-mile by 8-mile larger body of water. If you've ever stood near a shore where a a river is just rushing into the sea, it's, it's quite an experience, isn't it? And I'm sure that area would have been noisy and teeming with life. And we can see in our mind's eye Jesus teaching and gathering up followers and disciples and apostles, and he was calling them to follow him. And what Mark does is he focuses on four men in the story. You remember already who they are. We've got Andrew, Peter, James, and John. They're all fishermen. It's kind of obvious in the story, but he still says they were fishermen. They were engulfed in their work of trade, and they are very busy at their work. And as they're busy mending the nets and washing the nets, they hear, what do they hear? They hear the voice of Jesus. And it wouldn't have been the first time that they heard of Jesus. Andrew, we learn in the Gospel of John, was a disciple of John the Baptist. And in the Gospel of John, we read that Andrew had seen Jesus before, most likely at his baptism. He even heard Jesus' voice. And he ran back at one point, found his brother Peter, and he said to him, We have found the Messiah. And in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, we're told that Jesus had healed Peter's mother-in-law. He healed her from a fever and brought her back to good life. 
No doubt they had other stories that they had heard about Jesus, and all of those stories back then would have spread like wildfire through that community. Think about this. Each story, every encounter, God was preparing the heart and the mind of the soon-to-be disciple. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, Luke tells us about the story. He said there was this large crowd that was following along with Jesus by the shore. This crowd was pressing in on him as he was making his way to the four men. Luke says there were two empty boats there. One of the boats belonged to Peter. And Jesus, without asking, because God does not need to ask for something, got into Peter's boat. And he told him to move the boat off the shore so that he could teach the crowd. And when Jesus finishes the spoken lesson, he then tells Peter, listen, Peter, this is what I want you to do. I want you to move the boat further out from the shore, cast the net over to the side for a catch. And now it's Peter's turn to do some pushback. He's thinking to himself, why? It's the middle of the day. Any fisherman, any major dude will tell you, you do not fish in the middle of the day at the Sea of Galilee. We all know that, right? You just don't fish in the middle of the day. So Peter very delicately says, Master, we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught a thing. Yet, if you say so, the late great Dallas Willard, who was a philosophy professor at USC, an excellent Christian writer, he tells this story when he was asked to lead a faculty retreat for one of the better Christian colleges in the United States. He stood before all of these teachers and professors and he asked them this question. Think about this. I wonder what Jesus might say if he were leading this retreat this weekend. He went on to say, might he ask you, teachers, why don't you respect me in your various fields of study and expertise? Why don't you recognize me as master of research and knowledge in your fields, such as algebra, economics, business administration, or French literature? Dallas went on to tell them, for Jesus is the most intelligent, smartest person who ever lived. So why wouldn't you listen to what Jesus has to say? He said the teachers were stunned. And they looked back at him. A number of them raised their hands and said, are you serious? How can you be serious? And so here in our story, we have a carpenter telling a fisherman how to do his job. I think Peter in his mind was thinking the same thing. Are you serious? How can you be serious? But this is no ordinary carpenter. Peter's catching on. He's around someone special, and he better listen and obey. And suddenly, the net next to the boat is full. It's a miracle. It's not just a partially full net. This thing is filled and the fish fill his boat and fill the boat next to it and he knows it's a miracle he knows nothing like this has ever happened before and peter has what i heard a preacher once call a self-quake you ever had a self-quake not an earthquake but a self-quake 
There's the previous encounters, the witness from his brother Andrew, the healing of his mother-in-law, the teaching in the boat, and now this miracle, and he's suddenly aware that he is in the presence of the Holy One. And as he stands there before the Holy One, filled with light, he is conscious of the darkness in his own life. He's aware of the sin in his own life, that sin that runs through every human heart. He drops to his knees he says, depart from me. I am a sinful man. And the other three were told are just standing there like probably most of us would. They just stand there in awe and amazement. They don't know what to do. What do we do next? And Jesus looks at them and says words that he says to us every single day. He says, fear not. Do not be afraid. For you will be catching people. How do all four of those men respond to that call? They drop their nets, they leave everything, and they follow Jesus. Jesus has that kind of effect on people, doesn't he? Listening closely, we see Jesus' call to the four is the same call he gives to each one of us. And we notice in that story, it's a threefold call, isn't it? First, he calls us to faith. He calls us to trust in Him. And like the disciples, God, He did a lot of prep work in your life to get you ready for that call. You heard about Jesus. There were people near you that shared how God had worked in their lives and it got you to think about it. You may not have seen a miracle, but as you look back, you can notice how God worked circumstances and events to put you at a certain place at a certain time. And you heard the voice of God speak through Scripture. You came face to face with the love of God. And Jesus came to you and he said, follow me. And how did you answer? Yes, Lord, I will follow you. And second, he calls us to follow. He calls us to discipleship, just like those four men. And there were times, and there still are times, when we get this call mixed up with all kinds of do's and don'ts and checklists. But as we're growing, as we're maturing, we've learned it's a personal relationship with Jesus. Just like those disciples, we're walking with Jesus. We're listening to him. We're talking, reading, eating, living, and sharing life. We're living in community together. I love that he didn't just call Peter, but he called all four because he knew that they needed one another before, during, and after. And Jesus, he wanted to have that community and that fellowship around him. He loves community. And in that discipleship, we have learned most importantly, we need to worship. For when we gather on Sunday mornings, God is transforming us slowly but surely from the inside out to become more like Jesus. And third, he calls us to devote to him our life and our work. Just as he used those unique gifts and talents of those fishermen, so Jesus is calling for us to use our unique gifts and talents to bless other people. You know there's no one else like you. God created you in a certain way. He gave you a combination of natural abilities. His Spirit has given you specific spiritual gifts. There's no one else out there just like you. And God wants to use you wherever you might be, be it education or media or music or medicine or sports or politics. Yes, even in politics. 
and art and journalism, at-home mom or at-home dad or construction or volunteer work. I could go on and on, but God is calling for us to be a fisher of people wherever He has set us, wherever He sends us. Mid-20th century British pastor Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of my favorite dead preachers. (laughs) We have a lot of dead preachers that mentor us, don't we? Amen to that. He was interviewed on the BBC some time ago, and the topic of the interview was our identity in Christ. And he shared in this interview how earlier that week, he he had been walking through this cemetery, and he noticed at this one place in the cemetery that some of the gravestones had certain things in common. They said things like this, born a man, died a doctor, born a woman, died a teacher, and on and on it went. And he noticed how our identity could be found in our work, and our work could identify us. And he went on to say that as Christians, our work should not define us. Rather, our work is to be defined by our identity in Christ. As God calls us into that place of work to be used for Jesus to spread the love of God. So we have this daily call. I would say we have this daily call more than ever. That all the people that we come in contact with, that we would bless them with that voice of God, the love of Jesus Christ. For this is a call, this is a privilege to be a part of God's prep work in other people's lives as he preps them for those good and gracious words. Come, follow me. Follow me into life. Follow me to the cross. Follow me to the resurrection. Follow me to real life. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your good and gracious word. And that as we hear your word, we hear your voice as you call for us to follow you. Following you into faith, into discipleship. Following you into life and work with all those we come in contact with. Thank you for your grace that overflows from our lives to the lives of others. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward as we give of our tithes and our offerings.
sing that chorus together. King of Heaven, here we go. Let us pray. Great and good God, you called Abraham to leave his family and country and to move into a new blessed future. You journeyed with him and his family. You blessed him in every way. Through him you blessed the nations of the earth. Your calling to Abraham and Sarah has come to us through this spiritual family. You called Moses to lead your people into freedom. You revealed yourself to the prophets. You spoke your words of grace and truth to a people that struggled to be faithful. In the fullness of time, you came walking into the lives of those beside the sea. Through the proclamation of good news, the gospel of the kingdom, and your healing of deep human brokenness, they were touched by your love and heard your call. Soon they dropped their conflicting loyalties and followed you into new lives, lives that would bring hope 
healing and promise of new creation under the sovereignty of your reigning mercy. Today you call us still to be ambassadors of your reconciling grace, compassion, and forgiveness. You call us to be a light to the nations, to work for your justice and righteousness, to serve and to sacrifice for all people. Help us to be obedient to the call, to not look back, to not shrink back, but to hold fast to our confession of faith that Jesus Christ is our Savior and Lord. We bring before you our concerns for our country. Grant wisdom and courage for those newly installed in leadership positions in Washington, D.C. Grant patience and vision to the people of our land that we together may continue our collective work of embracing those who feel left out, who are alienated, angry, or powerless. Allow us all to know that you are the one source of all confidence and our sure hope. We pray for fellow citizens trapped in bondage to addictions to alcohol, drugs, and sex. Grant continuing recovery to us all who seek to responsibly live into spiritual maturity and relational accountability for the people of many nations who have become refugees through war, we pray. Lead them into new beginnings. Never let us forget we have all been strangers in a foreign land, seeking passage into safety and security, into a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of peace. Empower us to be your gracious people, characterized by hospitality and prudential wisdom. For those who are threatened and driven by anxiety and fear, help them and all of us to trust in you. Build trust in our city and nation. Deepen trust in one another within the body of Christ, the church. Shape us in your love, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Give to us the mind of Christ so that we may see through his eyes and not through any other lens that can be so distracting. Now bless our giving as we move into this new year. You know, Lord, we face challenges and we need you. We need one another. May you be glorified in all we say and do. In the name of Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus.
Jesus said, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that people may see your good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. May we as a church be a beacon of hope in our community and the communities beyond us for the sake, the faith, hope, and love of Jesus Christ. Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you this week. Amen.